Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, this is the quirky bit. Ruth, you've got any quirk for us? No. No quirk? Out of quirk. Completely out of quirk. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a joke, if you want. Would you okay, like to see a then. joke? This is not my joke, so you, you, you don't need to diss it. This is uh, Norm Macdonald, fine Canadian. I don't diss your jokes because they're your jokes. I diss your jokes because they're bad. Right, that's fair enough, um, as long as we've established that. Um, this is a joke from uh, Norm Macdonald, the very well-known Canadian comedian, who says, ID, ID. If you look at that, the I stands for I. The D stands for dentification. That D is doing all the heavy lifting in that one. <laughs> That's um, a good joke. See, there you go. That's good. Um, are we? Re- oh, and Mumford Sons again. Mumford yeah. Sons. Every time I leave you in charge of the music like... in the car, you just put them. And we were playing exactly. No, because the... I had just the radio on, and then mm. you said no, put one of the CDs on, and we've listened to all those CDs loads of times. Yeah, but we've also listened to the Mumford Sons. I, I just feel a bit over Mumford. Did. Keeping you awake, Carl. It's tiring. Yeah, well, it is. It is tiring. It's a tiring life, darling. Let's uh, start. I've been tired. Oh. Sorry, what were you saying? I was just saying I've been tired for like years. <laughs> it's awful to be 17 and to be... Have, so- for my short life, I've been tired for four years, I would say. Mm. That's a long time to be tired. It is. It when is. you're 17. Well, let well, that, that be a lesson for the rest of your life. You will be tired. For the rest of your life. Your days of not being tired, they're finished, they're finished when you're about 12 or 13. It's awful. So no now, one tells you. They don't, do they? No one's like, oh, enjoy that night's sleep because you won't get another like that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, once more, Ruth, I've been uh, I've been forced to change my attitude on things. We've both been He's watching... been forced. Well, yeah. Dragged. Well, because I'm doing the... You know, I was quite happy as an old white male. So my attitudes were the old white male attitudes. But since we've been doing this podcast, I've been sort of forced to re-examine things very slightly. And very we've, slightly. We've got the uh, Brett Kavanaugh thing going on in uh, America at the moment. Mm-hmm. And normally you would expect me see i'm not a great lover of the history thing which i'll tell you martin kellner not a great lover of historical abuse i'm not a great lover of some of the no i get what you mean going back far into people's history for for reasons that i think i mentioned before about memory but i'll I'll, i've got a really good example of that which i can give you later on but as far as brett kavanaugh goes you would expect me to be a little bit wavering a bit on this, a bit wavering on this. But having seen the, the uh, having seen some of the hearings, this man, no way, no way should he be um, in the as, Supreme Court. Oh, oh my God, he's such a sleazeball, like like no one else. That, and it's so obviously, like it cannot even be disputed. And he's lied under earth. Yeah, like he's actually like you can't do that. That's not okay. He's going to be a justice. It's just yeah, I know it's madness, and it's also like I saw someone tweet saying that. Do you remember the Brock Turner case? 
the Brock Turner case. No, the one so, I remember is Professor Hill and No, so uh, Brock Clarence Turner Thomas. was um a college student who I think was like a bit of a like a dynasty student and um he was on how do you mean a dynasty student? Um, so like his grandparents had gone to oh, Yale right, or Harvard right. or wherever he was going and he was a swimmer and he was on the like American swim team and he like sexually harassed or raped a, a party to this girl and this girl went to the, the university or whatever and she said Brock Turner mm. has done this oh, yeah, and I've the university that. tried to protect him so that he could keep his swimming thing mm. and a lot and she, they tweeted that the world we live in is the one that allows Brock Turners to grow up to be Brett Kavanaugh's to make the laws for future Brock Turners. Mm. The shocking fact about Brett Kavanaugh is that his high school his high school had its own nine hole golf course. And he said that he um like no one else in his family had ever gone to where did he go to school? Harvard or Yale or and he said, no one else has ever gone to that school. I got there through pure hard work. And someone just took a picture of a really old yearbook or something, and it had Brett Kavanaugh's granddad. So you're not, you're lying. It's got to be pure politics that Trump has gone for him, because there, would, yeah. there, was, there was a whole... Someone made a good argument that I read in an article somewhere that um, about how... This is what I like. It's the <laughs> integrity of the research. Somebody wrote something in an article I read somewhere. Go on. No, and, and they were saying one of Brett Kavanaugh's things that makes Trump like him so much is that he doesn't believe... He believes that the president is above the law, above the justice system, that the president can't be touched by justice. I think of all the Trumpery, of all the of all the nonsense that we, we've had under Trump, mm. I think that this will be a tipping point. This is so blatant like black and white wrong yeah like there are um, rights and there are wrongs in this case well i'm trying to agree but having been a, a, a defender of a, a lot of people who've you know been in the headlines for historical abuse and people like jonathan king yeah but there's no there's no expiration there on it no way we've said that before but and also loads of people when christina blasey ford made these allegations loads of people came out saying oh why have you left it till just now when he's going on the supreme court and i think it's probably because like you can't have someone who's done those things to you just be allowed to get into that high power without yeah, I saying think anything. she seems a very plausible witness and everything yeah i don't think and loads of people have had like a go at her saying why wouldn't you come forward sooner and it's like oh i didn't realize that victims had to be told when they were allowed to talk about their abuse it's ridiculous mm. no i mean i'm inclined to agree on that case but let me just give you an illustration of why i continue and you may think i'm obsessed with woody allen but continue to defend woody allen i was on the um, i was on the train with your eldest sister coming back from london and it was one of those toilets that doesn't lock properly. I, th- I don't know whether you know the ones that they're on th- yeah, no, for some bizarre reason. You have to close the door and then you have to press another button to lock it as if there's any circumstances which you would want the door closed but not locked. No, I won't bother locking it this time. No, it's That's just so it's... free and easy. Yeah, but so it's... Clo- no, that makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't. So it's... Well, what do you do when you walk into a normal toilet door? You close it and then lock it. Exactly. So what are you doing when you go into one of these train ones? It would be fine. You close it then lock it. No, but it's mechanical and you and, and it doesn't work. Basically, the problem is they don't work. You lock them and then they open again. That's yeah, happened to me but two I'm just or three saying times. that it it's makes sense. To other people as well. It makes it's sense like, that it would need to close before you lock it because then you don't want the d- well, toilet yes, door to be open all the time. No, of course you don't. So it needs to be so closed. What? No, the whole point is there should you know it's mechanical. Somebody's invented this damn thing. We've got food mixers. People have been on the moon. All you need to do is a button that you press. And it automatically closes and locks because there's no circumstance under which you would want the door closed but not locked. 
Yeah, but when what about when people no, are just walking down the right. train? Don't argue. How do you mean people are walking down the train? So you don't want it open when no, you're just on precisely. the train carriage. So you press the button that closes it and it locks it. But when you cannot argue this case. Anyway, so the toilet was one of those, right? Yeah. And we were talking about this ridiculous system because the door she was sure she'd locked it but she was in there and it opened so it opened when she was in there anybody who's been on the on trains a lot and has been one of those toilets that has the semi-circular door will tell you exactly the same thing so she's in there the door opens slightly so she comes back tells me about the fact that the you know the door opens she says, no problem I was just sort of putting my makeup on and stuff but she said not like when we were on the Eurostar and I got locked in to the toilet and you never came and got me and I said I've never been on the Eurostar and she said yes you were on the Eurostar I said no I'd remember I have never in my whole life been on the Eurostar because that is something I would definitely remember you know a, a train that goes under the channel I said I've never been on the Eurostar she said, definitely I was locked I was I was only I was about eight she said I was seven or eight and I was locked in the toilet and I was really annoyed because nobody came to get me you and mum just sat there and didn't yeah, come to get me. Yeah, sounds like you. Yeah, you and mum. Well, ah, now that's interesting. You say that. Uh, you and mum uh, sat there and didn't come and get me, and I was locked in there for ages. I said, "Well, check it with your mum." So we get home, and uh, and mum says, "Ah, yes, uh, you were locked in the toilets, but it wasn't on the Eurostar. It was uh, somewhere in uh, France, I think." Uh, and neither of them could remember whether I was actually there or it was a trip that I wasn't on because I don't remember the, the incident at all. So it just struck me that there we are. This is just a, a sort of minor incident about being locked in the toilet and th we've got three different memories or three sort of possibly varying memories, one of which puts me on a train that I've never been on. Uh, another one... Um, maybe puts you on a train you've never been on. Yeah, precisely. Maybe puts me on a train I've never been on. Another one puts me maybe in a train through France. Another one puts me not on a train at all. And that is the hard-hitting journalism, folks. Well, you no, can be... seriously. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Seriously, I'm How making a serious did. point. It was very telling when you said, oh, sounds like you. Well, people say Woody Allen abused his daughter Dylan. Uh, there will be people all over the world saying, yeah, sounds like him, because people don't like the idea that he got married to Soon Yi. So I rest my case on Woody Allen. Yeah, but you can't not believe people just because it was a long time ago. Like, there's been back and forths on that. Well, precisely. But there has the, but on most sex abuse cases, when people come forward to say I've been abused, there's no back and forth on it. It's a very clear thing. Well, no, it's not. It's a very cloudy thing. It's a very cloudy thing because what I'm saying is that memory is very unreliable. You can't make the argument of memory to a survivor of abuse. Well, yes, you can. You totally can because there have been numerous cases. And, I'm, you know, each case, what I'm saying is each case has to be judged on its merits. And each case has, and if at the end of the day you're just saying, well, he looks like the sort of guy that would do that, he might be, he might be guilty. But again, he might not. But you have to give, uh, there has to be a point at which you give someone the benefit of the doubt. Brett Kavanaugh, I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt because just having seen the two people giving evidence to this uh, hearing, Brett Kavanaugh. Absolutely, should no way should he be a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. But Woody Allen's latest film, rubbish though it might very well be, should be released. <laughs> Having done our abuse spot for this week, it'd be now time to do our, our fat spot. 
or are overweight or no fat is fine a lot of people well basically are are people reclaiming fat i think the the, i think the idea is that that you wouldn't i've heard women talk about this women and men and whatever saying that if someone went to you you're tall you wouldn't go oh no get really offended about being tall or if you said god i'm really tall people wouldn't go no 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 you're not tall (laughs) and it's the fact that fat doesn't have to be a dirty word no right fat so it's our fat spot good and uh, so, you're going to talk about Tess Holiday. Tess Holiday mm. was on the cover of Cosmopolitan in for October. Tess I've Holiday, got, we should make clear, is a Tess Holiday is a plus size model. Um, she and she's been a model for ages, and she's also done other stuff, and she's an activist, like body mm. positive body positivity activist and stuff. And I've got the picture for her of the Cosmo cover. Wow, she is big. She's plus, not just like size. a plus size model. In that, sometimes you see these girls who are plus size models and you think bloody hell if they're plus size (laughs) do you know what I mean Um, she's a size 26 and she's not she doesn't like mince her words the sizes go up to 26 she's a size 26 and she's had a lot of backlash about doing this Cosmo cover and Cosmopolitan have had a lot of backlash saying you're promoting like unhealthy body choices and you shouldn't have this girl on the cover and I wanted to see what you thought should she be on the cover of Cosmo yeah, I think so. I think the thing about magazine covers is that they aim to be striking and to sell copies of the book. I can see exactly why Cosmo put her on the cover. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think that wasn't the question. So, obviously, Cosmo have put her on the cover. It sells well. Stuff like that sells. Yeah. Like, And also, Cosmopolitan have been fighting against be- becoming irrelevant. And they, for the amount of followers they've got on Twitter, they don't get like any likes or retweets and people have stopped buying mm. it and their online site doesn't get as many hits and stuff. So they've got to do stuff that is... You shocking. Know, shocking like this mm. that, that will make people actually take notice of it but what the question I meant was do you think it's good for young girls young women men whatever to be looking at this body and should it be allowed wow. to be on the cover of Cosmo in your opinion well I, yeah that's a very good question I can less sit- than it being the argument for should it yeah, be on it from a business from a, perspective I was a journalistic business yeah. perspective I then can see 100% no I, I, that is a very interesting question See, if you were overweight, you know, as overweight as she is, and you're that sort of shape, what would be your reaction to seeing her on the cover? Would your reaction be, ah, she's on the cover of Cosmo, it must be okay, I'll, you know, give me another cream cake, please. Or would your reaction be, oh my God, is that what I would, what I look like? But I don't think, I don't think she looks bad. I mean, she's gorgeous, really. Like, her face is absolutely beautiful. Years ago... You know, when I say years ago, I mean long time before I was born. Uh, you used to get freak shows. People would, you know, say, "Come and see the bearded lady. Come and see the, you know." Yeah, and, I've seen the greatest show. Yeah, and oh, well, you have, and you know all about. It. You know, you see a fat tattooed lady, and that was a big thing. You know, a lady would have the whole, you know, Niagara Falls tattooed on her back, and people would go and see them as a freak show. And in a way, that cosmopolitan cover is going back to the spirit of the freak shows. You know, come in, come in, come in. You know, we want more likes on Twitter, but look at this. And when you say look at this, it is, it does shock you when you first see it. I thought it, But it only those... shocks you, not because you don't see pe- women who look like this. I mean, the average... Uh, yeah, but she is, clothes, uh, she is slight. I mean, she's wearing like a... Just for people who've not seen it, she's wearing like a, like a swimsuit type coverage. 
Yeah. If you, yeah, just for people who haven't seen it. It's not quite a bikini, is it? It's a, no, it's not a bikini because it's, it's full. A one yeah. piece, yes. Yeah. You're only shocked by seeing it because women don't women this size don't usually get to pose in it and don't get to be in fashion the way she is. But if you look at like the average dress size of a UK woman, it's like a sixteen or an eighteen. Mm. Um and the women who walk in fashion shows and are on magazines are pretty much solely size six, size eight and size ten. Yeah. I occasionally uh, I'm ashamed to admit, watch Lorraine in the morning. And she has a fashion show. And they do have, in fact, almost exclusively, they have bigger, sort of middle-aged, more women. Because that's their audience, yeah, I suppose. I guess that, yeah. So we're quite used to now seeing 16, uh, size 14, 16, But 18, you still wouldn't see them really that much on the cover of magazines. No. What's your view? Oh, I'm completely with her, 100%. I don't think, I think she's she's come out and actively said, like, yeah, I am fat. And a lot of plus size models say uh, not models but plus size people say yeah i'm fat it's not a dirty thing and the idea that people have hit back her saying like she's promoting an unhealthy body she's really not promoting anything all she's doing is existing like the people who are having a go at for posing on the front of this model are having a go at people who are size 26 for existing because they're not someone being that size doesn't mean make me want to go oh i want to be that size too do you know what I mean? I don't think it does that at all. But you could say, in a way, she was sort of selling out because what she's doing is she must know, the same as I know and the same as you know, that it's almost like a, a freak show, that Cosmo are putting her on the front of Cosmo so that people will say, woo, blimey, uh, and will take notice. You said yourself it's uh, a battle against irrelevance that will take notice of Cosmo. So she's, she's allowing her body to be used to sell for, a magazine. For, like, a greater good. Do you know what I mean? Well, for money, obviously, for her own greater good. No, but, I mean, I think that there will have been a point in Cosmo and there will be people who work for Cosmopolitan who have said let's get someone who looks different to what we always have i mean if you were if you you imagine that you're an alien and all you've got to go on for what the human race looks like is magazines mm. then you would I don't think, think see cosmo i don't think it's not a magazine like vanity fair or vogue or, it's it's up there though it's like slightly lower brow yeah, but well, still, it's a is, is it still a feminist magazine? Because it used to be feminist was the was not the thing about really. Cosmo. No, so what they've got? It looks like a fashion, fashion magazine. Yeah, fashion, fashion lifestyle. Yeah, all they're really doing is like diversifying what people look like. Mm. So you're you're in favour of it? Oh, hundred percent. I don't think you should ever have a go at someone for existing. And if you choose to get really fat because you've seen Tess Holiday on a magazine, then that's ridiculous, and it wouldn't happen. <laughs> Uh, we'll take a short break now for uh, a fine product slash podcast uh, that we... How much do we love it? So much. So much. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And let's do the, uh, let's do the music. Yes. So this is Cool Blue by the Japanese House. How can you wait so to your feet still you said you'd wait for me And these things they grow so old And I'm never sure I thought well, that's the best one you've come up with so far. I really like that. So? Sort of art, uh, very art uh, yeah, school type stuff. It's isn't um, it? an English indie act, and the Japanese house is just one girl. Her name is Amber Byrne. Right. Um, and it's just her, and she does like the vocals and plays the guitar and synthesizes it and uses the keyboard. So it's like all her. Excellent. Very arty. Very yeah, it's really arty. Yeah. Is, is that popular to people? Is it in the chart? I know um, it's, it's not in the chart. They've done a couple anything. of albums, haven't they, the Japanese house? Yeah, yeah, they're not. That one called The Best of the Japanese House. Wow. Which, yeah, so they must have made a few. Yeah, records. they have. They've been around for a little while, but they're not really big. They get like 200,000-ish. Oh, no, they get about 18 million. <laughs> Sorry. So 200,000 to 18 million. <laughs> Whoops. No, just, um, so their most popular songs, like, get 18 So they're quite million. popular, yeah. That's good. I, really, I can understand, I can understand why. But they're not that. mainstream at no. all. But I shall I'm surprised they've got that many listens, to be honest. Mm. Well, I should listen to some more of their stuff. I tried this week. I thought, do you know what I'll do? I'll try her on some jazz. And uh, I tried to get 20 seconds out of a... a well, I, I put a Miles Davis album on, which is called uh, Birth of the Cool. And I listened to several tracks, and I thought there's none of them would make any sense uh, to over 20 yeah, that's seconds. That's what jazz is, isn't it? It's just yeah. the same thing over and over again. Not, not exactly. Um, the thing about jazz is it's a lot of different things. Over yeah, no, it's a lot of different things, but then when you put them together, it all sort of sounds the same. Does it really? Well, there you are. That's the greatest uh, African-American art form ever uh, distilled in three words. But anyway, so I, I decided not to go with jazz. No, I like jazz, I so I was lying. I'll go well, with... I wasn't lying, but you know. No, you were being controversial for effect. Yeah. Hmm. Similar to Cosmopolitan. <laughs> yeah, well, very much so. So I thought what I'd do is I'm not going to play jazz for you. I'll go back to something which I know you like, and that is do what? Eddie, my love, I love you so far. How I want it for you. You'll never know. Well, from 62 years ago, that was Eddie My Love. Isn't that in Greece or something where it's Freddie My Love? They may very well. I mean, the thing about that sort of music, whenever you see one of those movies based in 50s America, they always use those uh, well-known doo-wop tracks. The group consists of sisters Betty and Rosie Collins, 
who were sisters of Aaron Collins, who was a singer with the doo-wop group The Cadets, who I think we may even have The Cadets, also um, a Russian political group. Excellent. At the, t- the time really? of the revolution, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course you're doing that. The Russian, I didn't even know. Tell me about the cadets in the Russian oh, Revolution. Oh, God, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> they were socialists, I think. I bet they were. And like an revolution. alternative to Bolshevism, I yeah. think. Yeah, that makes sense. Ish. Yeah, well, there was Bolsheviks and Mensheviks, wasn't there? So they were made up of sailors? Cadets, yeah, they probably I think. were made of sailors. Uh, and any- like the Kronstadt sailors? Kronstadt sailors. Yeah, were they anything to do with like the battleship Chemkin? No, that's much. That's earlier, I think. The battleship Potemkin was just a mutiny on the battleship. Yeah, it was. It was. 19... But it wasn't to do with like a political. Group, oh no, the really. movie was nineteen seventeen. Battleship Potemkin, the uh, Sergei. It was like nineteen oh two or something. The was battleship Potemkin. Yeah. I think so. It's a bit earlier. Or nineteen oh five, maybe. I'm yeah. sure. Well, the film was made. Who knew that the Teen Queens would lead us on to the Russian Revolution? Anyway, the the, the brother was in the cadets. And uh, he wrote that song, which was uh, a big hit. It was lovely. got to number 14 in the Billboard Hot 100. They followed it up with uh, singles including Baby Mine, Billy Boy, Red Top, Rock Everybody, and I Miss You. And not one of them made the charts there. And they finished in 57, 58. They, oh, so it. a short-lived a career. Short-lived career, but they'll be grannies now. And they'll be telling their, they'll be very old grannies now. They'll be grannies in their 80s now, probably, telling their grandchildren, I had a hit on the charts once. Thank you to everybody who's uh, texted me, emailed me, um, sent me smoke signal messages, mm-hmm. postcards, letters to tell me that uh, Kanye carrier has, pigeons. Yeah, totally. Uh, tell me that Kanye, uh, Kanye, that's yeah, all right. That'll do. Kanye has uh, changed his name now, and he's just yeah. But you, well, yeah, a lot of people be calling already. him. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard about this, but a lot of people who call him yeah all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like fans and stuff will call him just like yeah. Yeah. Well, Robert Crampton, a very good columnist in The Times, says it's fascinating news, isn't it? I think he'd be a bit sarcastic that Kanye West has announced that uh, he wants to be known simply as Yeah. Or, I think it's like Yeah. Because ah, well, you say Kanye. Well, it's he just says yeah. here, whether that's uh, Yeah, as, as the, whether that's Ye as in Yeehaw, or Yeah as in Okay, Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I must find out the correct pronunciation before the hugely rich, famous and influential American rap mogul uh, next gives me a call. How do you pronounce it? Well, I've always said yeah. But yeah. But is that just you or is that the No, general... but I thought that was what other people have said to me, but I mean, I don't actually know. Anyway, he's made the point that yeah has possibly bungled in his choice of nomenclature. K is by common consent the sexiest letter in the alphabet. Only J and Z provide any competition. K, J and Z look good, sound good, and damn it, they feel good too. Yet Kanye, sorry, Ye, has thrown away his legitimate ownership of the killer K consonant in favour of the softer, potentially confusing uh, Y-led construction. Yeah. Meanwhile, his main competitor, of course, we know whose main competitor is, um, who says, I'm an international rapper, superstar with a hot wife, stakes his J and Z locked down he's he's got them and therefore kanye could have had the k out of that k j and z uh, we call it z because they're americans these people he could have had it are you going around calling him yay then at the no moment? i still call him kanye kanye i think most people will won't they uh, and thanks to everybody who um, got in touch with us on other matters as well mm-hmm. uh, paul colling says i've been listening to the podcast i've listened to them all up to july the 5th so people are falling behind Keep up, keep up. Says so I listen to them on a weekend. See, it becomes becomes divide. Divide's a word. 
Devoid is a word, but I don't think it's right in this context. It becomes void once a few weeks have passed. Well, you say that. I think, you know, keep listening to the old ones. Keep listening. So I listened to on a weekend when I walked my dog. Thanks for keeping my dog walks more fun. And he's Paul Colling, who's a Help for Heroes ambassador. Ah. So, bless him for that. Uh, Steve Russell says, I've only just discovered uh, your podcast, having heard Martin uh, plugging it on uh, Talk Sport. Whilst Neil Martin's age than Ruth's, I have to say in general, I'm more aligned with Ruth's views. Well, you know what? That's not an age thing. No, it's an it's intelligence. Precisely. Having binged, uh, listened to almost every podcast, I realised I missed an early one and went back to listen. He says, I feel you can hear Ruth's development. Anyway, he says, you become increasingly articulate. I'm sure you wouldn't confuse the two Harolds again. Shipman and Wilson. Shipman and Wilson. Wilson the murderer, Shipman the prime minister. <laughs> Uh, he says anyway keep up the good work and when Ruth says no you definitely have an accent you didn't say it right that at all then Go on, how do you say it then no no that's it you um, need, yeah it's it's all about the earth yeah because you were you were sort of complaining about our demographic you, I you wasn't saying, complaining I was just commenting yes well what's your what's your what's your oh just that it's, it's um men there are women who listen. I'm sure we, we get we get a few, but I think probably middle-aged men or men over thirty. Hey, men over thirty. Don't go offending people now. Would be more likely to. to We've write not got in. the listeners to lose, so don't be no. throwing out stuff like middle-aged. No, Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail dot com though. If you do want to get in touch with us. And if you want to hear our music again, so it's Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail dot com for that. If you want to hear our music again, what do you do? You go to Spotify and it's um, you can either type Martin and Ruth podcast and that will take you to our page or you can type Ruthie, me and my dad and that'll go straight to the playlist. Do you want to talk about books? Yeah, go on. So I've got two things about books, actually. Well, two the the like slightly darker one first and then go light. <laughs> Someone wrote an opinion article in The Guardian, don't remember their name either. It's hard to see what, you know, on the Guardian website, like you have to scroll right up to the top and sometimes it's got an ad over it so you can't see who's written it. That's a good point. If you're listening at the Guardian there, um, bless it. I mean, the Guardian, bless them, we shouldn't complain. They give us everything for free. Everything's free. Everything's free. And I never so, make a donation. No, so uh, <laughs> with that bit that comes up saying, please give us some money. Please. Yeah, exactly. Do you, uh, they, I they just sh- X that straight away. They should make it less pleading, I think. So if you're listening at the Guardian. Less pleady. Yeah, make it less pleady and more sort of maybe light. So, hey, give us a bob or two. So uh, what's, what have they been they saying? They said... Can we all stop publishing, for good and all, non-fiction books about the future, books about how to change your life, books about what it means to be, how we came to be human, and books about Nazis? In The Guardian. So, in an age in which lived experience, political testimony and feelings have found themselves at the centre of the political economy, we'll find them booming in the publishing economy too. So basically, because we're living in such an anxious world, which we've talked about, more people are writing books about Nazis. Yeah. Well, it's an endlessly fascinating. You know, you just see, you've only got to watch sort of 20 minutes of a Nazi documentary or indeed read a book about someone who's a survivor of the camps or whatever. Yeah, and the became... last book you read was that Kite's book, wasn't it? The, the last I thought book... that was about the occupation of France. The Kite's wasn't about it? the occupation yeah. of France, yeah. Which, you know, a bit Nazi. It, it was very Nazi. But I'm doing wasn't... my um, personal research project on Maurice Chevalier. Right. So that's got a high Nazi Lit quotient. So that's just the point. People stop writing books about Nazis. But they never will because it's such a fascinating topic. But also it's gone up because people are so anxious. 
Well, people are anxious because it's a, it's a scary world, isn't it? Uh, so these futurology books will carry on being written. Maybe it's always an anxious world. I mean, yeah, I think people are anxious at the moment feel out of control because the internet, they seem to have more power over us. Yeah, and we, yeah. Uh, the stuff about end? Facebook. John yeah. Oliver did a bit about Facebook, about how like Facebook basically, basically called like the uprising in Myanmar or Burma if you're um, old because Facebook is so in control of like the type of thing that they send and like because everybody can choose what they tune into now Mm. so like when Brexit happened a lot of people blame like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and stuff for the fact that we vote that so many people who would have voted remain didn't vote because the people who would have voted assumed that oh everyone's voting remain because they just tuned themselves in only to see like pro remain sentiment it's scary. Mm. And my second bit about books ah, yeah. is that Matilda... Matilda by Roald Dahl, yeah. Matilda is growing up. She's 30 years old. So she's <laughs> got her 30th anniversary. She's 30 years old. Quentin Blake, who is the original illustrator, um, has done new books with um, well, new covers and bits of books that imagine um, Matilda as what her different jobs might be so Mm. on one of the covers she's an astrophysicist and on one she's um the head of the british library on one she's like an inventor or an explorer and they're really like so sweet and quentin blake illustrations are beautiful anyway but i think it's a sort of crass commercial exercise not really i think uh, it's lovely it's an anniversary of the book but don't you think it's nicer if it's like bart simpson who is forever well this is what this is what i come on to a lot of people have been saying don't let Matilda grow up. No. Like, oh my, it's, and a lot of people are saying it's a little bit sad. And like, for me, I'm kind of their target audience because I was a kid. Oh, I was Matilda's it. age. We went to the show at the Cambridge Theatre. Yeah. I, like, I loved reading the books and I loved the film and like, just loved it because I was Matilda's age when Matilda came out. And I was like a big reader and mm. bookworm and stuff and used to just love reading all the books mm. and stuff so I was like oh Matilda yeah. do you know what I mean um, and that's why it should really be for but, people and so people have said that she should always stay young like this yeah, like Peter Pan don't let her grow up and Bart, and Bart Simpson, but then Peter Pan Bart Simpson Cliff Richard she should, <laughs> she should do that I was so I was thinking about it and I was like it does have a real like kind of melancholy feeling to it because mm. it is it's sort of sad in a way and also it reminds yourself of your own like growing up if you know what I mean like like what I was saying about being tired, like you're not eight years old anymore, you're not Matilda yeah. anymore, so that's quite a sad feeling. But precisely at the same time, though, there's a lot of stories um, of young for young girls now who have these really strong female characters, um, and not just like young adult books that are like the Hunger Games, but also like children's books. Mm. But I was growing up in a time when there wasn't the same. No, I mean, it's no, a, no. there wasn't the same amount of children's books, and Matilda was one of those ones where it was like, there's a little girl and she's not looking for a prince, she's not looking for any of those things, she just likes reading, alongside like Jacqueline Wilson books. And it's nice to see she doesn't have to stay young like that, it's not a fairy tale, she can grow up and she can be whatever she wants to be. Do you no, know what I mean? If you I look think, at it like I that... I think what you're doing there is you're pulling the ladder up. I think that, you know, you've had uh, Matilda as an eight or nine-year-old. Let the kids who are now eight or nine-year-old, uh, because it's a great book... Yeah, but they can have they it will, as well. Well, yes. But then they can see... But what I don't like is this... It's the same with children's TV code. Like the guy from Rainbow died. Oh, Rainbow, let's watch a bit more Rainbow and all that sort of stuff. And it's like adults reading Harry Potter. I've told you this before, you know, if I'm on a train... There's nothing wrong with adults I, reading Harry Potter. Yes, there is. It's, it's, 
you know, it's a children's book. It's not for adults. And, you know, I, I, if I see an adult reading Harry Potter on the train, as I told you before, I feel it incumbent upon me to pick the copy of Harry Potter up out of their hands and put it in the trash can and say, there you are, read, read a book for adults. Don't read a children's book. And it's the yeah, but also these are the, the, of, of children's TV characters and all that sort of thing. These uh, are not they like... They belong in childhood. They're not like the kind of books... They're, they're books for illustrations. They're not... You know what I mean? It's art. What I would really like to do, Dad, is come full circle and talk about abuse allegations again, because I don't like to just talk about abuse once. No. Well, this is this is a, this is an interesting one. Kevin Spacey. Now, the jury is sort of a bit out on Kevin Spacey. It's not out at all. Well, it is in my the mind. The jury's not out. Well, it is, and I'll tell you why it's out, and that's because Judy Dench and. If we respect... I mean, she's Queen Victoria, for goodness sake. Yeah. If we respect anybody's views, we and must... And Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, we must respect the views. I mean, she's as close to royalty as we get. I mean, she's above royalty, is she not? Oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. We love Judy Dench. Well, she. I'm afraid to tell you, Ruth, that she has uh, weighed in on the side of Kevin Spacey. Oh, dear, dear. Um, no, it worked ten. my view of Judy Dench. Well, Dame Judy Dench has defended Kevin Spacey and criticised the decision to remove him from a film as a result of sex allegations. This is that film All the Money in the World about J. Paul Getty, isn't it? The mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer. Wait, I'd never even heard of this story, you know. What, J. Paul Getty? Yeah, yeah, oh, never heard of it. I've not watched the film either. No, um, it's on Sky, so we can watch it sometime. Yes. But yeah, they, they put Christopher Plummer in instead of uh, Kevin Spacey. And uh, she's what she was talking at a film festival. She's one of the few leading industry figures to speak up for Spacey, who, as we know, has been ostracised since allegations of sexual assault were first publicly made against him uh, last October. And also there's a lot of like stories within kind of the theatre world of mm. well, Kevin one... Spacey being completely sleazy. Yes, but I think we can call that gossip more or less yeah but if there's so much gossip you know there's no smoke without fire mm. i truly believe that if loads of people are gossiping about someone it most likely is based on truth yeah well, do you know what i mean just because no one gossips about do you know what i mean people don't just even if you look at school people gossip about everybody people everything. gossip about everybody but no one gossips about people if there's no reason to do you know what i mean mm. well let me tell you about what what uh, judy dench has, uh, yeah. has said her, her husband died. She was married to another actor, Michael Williams. She said that uh, Kevin Spacey was a good friend who'd been of inestimable comfort after the death uh, of her husband, Michael Williams, 2001. But she questioned whether the film industry would go back throughout history and cut out anyone who'd broken the law or misbehaved. She, she, I think it's the cutting out. I think out it's the cutting out that she doesn't like. Out. But she basically says he shouldn't be cut out of films. I always go back throughout history and anyone who's misbehaved in any way has broken the law has committed some kind of a... Are they always going to be cut out? Are we going to extrude them from our history? So it's yeah. more the sort of censorship the cutting, I think she's yeah. against. Which she, I agree, I'd be, actually. I'd be with her on that. Yeah. Do you want to end with the meme? Let's have a meme of the week. Always carry a potato wrapped in foil to a party. It's a conversation starter. Ever seen a lion's egg? A conversation avoider. Excuse me, hot, hot, hot. A conversation ender? Just got this cyst removed. Feel how heavy. Always carry a potato wrapped in foil to a party. What fantastic advice and what a lovely uh, meme to uh, finish on. Just to remind you of the uh, addresses and everything, uh, we're available on Acast, uh, iTunes, your favourite podcast provider, obviously, because you're listening to it. And if you want to send us uh, any response, not just if you're a male, I'd be interested if we've got a, a female responding to us. It's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. So that's all one word, martinandruthpodcast 
at gmail.com and you can find any of the music you want to hear including this week uh, the Japanese house and uh, the teen queens and how do they do that go on Spotify and then type in Martin and Ruth if you want to just get our profile or Ruthie me and my dad for the playlist now a few complaints that we just sort of dribbled away last week which is yeah that's it thanks like that so we want to have a more definite just, I think we should just go thank you for listening Yes, but do it more so people do know it's the end, because apparently... This it, is the end of the podcast. Thank this, you for listening. This for, is the end. This is the end. I think, I think that's good when we say, uh, this is the end, and then we play a sting maybe after that, and that will tell people, so... So, this is the end. Is this the end? This is the end. I think this is definitely the end, isn't it? This is the end of the podcast. This is the end. It is. Thank you for listening. This is the end. And this is the end. <laughs> Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.